Greg Popovich. Played very well tonight. Great team defense. Did a good job. Kobe Bryant. What's up, everybody, and welcome into the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Don't forget, you can always find the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast on the Cap and J Hood feed on the ESPN Chicago app as well as on Spotify. Look for the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast on Spotify. You can subscribe right there. You'll never miss an episode. Things that's not even on the Captain J. Hood podcast, you might catch on Spotify, so try it there as well. Spotify for the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. Don't forget DraftKings at Casino Queens Sportsbook. That's the spot where if you bet on Conor McGregor and his fight that's going to take place this Saturday, you bet $1, you win $257 if he wins by first-round knockout. It's one of the great exotic bets that you can make on DraftKings at Casino Queens Sportsbook. Of course, you can bet... Anything in college basketball or the NBA all weekend long and all season long, DraftKings at Casino Queens Sportsbook. Download the app and use my promo code WMVP. Again, WMVP is a promo code that you can use for some great deals on uh, DraftKings at Casino Queens Sportsbook. Okay. Want to let you know uh, that the Bulls will take on Charlotte tonight. Looking forward to that matchup for a number of reasons. But first, I want to talk a little bit about Zach Levine. Let's talk about Zach and hear from Zach Levine. Bulls haven't played in a while. They have a two-game winning streak. They beat Dallas and they beat Houston. But I want to talk about Zach Levine for a second because I want to kind of look into his numbers. So I was looking at Zach Levine's numbers. Against Houston, Zach Levine had 33 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists. Against Dallas, it was 10 points, 10 assists. Against Oklahoma City, 35 points, 6 assists, 7 rebounds. Against the Clippers, 45 points, 7 assists. Against the Lakers, uh, he played well also. I just want to point out that over the last five games, the Bulls are 2-3. and I noticed in the Dallas game that Zach Levine didn't shoot as much. He played 31 minutes, but 10 points, 10 assists, and a victory. And then 33 points to 7 assists against Houston. The reason why I point out these numbers is that I've been looking at his slate that he's had all season, and you and I both know that Zach Levine can score. But the question still remains, especially this year, when you're trying to figure out who can play and who can on this Bulls team, is Zach Levine the type of player that, yes, can score in bunches, but can be able to do a little less if he has to, to distribute the basketball to make Kobe White better, to make others better on this basketball team. See, I've seen this before, and you have as well, where there might be someone that's super talented, and I think that Zach Levine is that guy, super talented guy. And what I want to see is him not only be a perennial all-star for himself, but also be able to help the Bulls. And so I'm never going to throw shade on production. 
People throw shade at production all the time. Oh, Russell Westbrook's triple-double doesn't mean anything, or James Harden's points don't mean anything, or Giannis or LeBron. No. When you're able to score in this league, the highest level of basketball in the world, when you can get buckets, I'm never throwing shade on that. And so the same thing with Zach Levine. But I will always wonder about Zach Levine on this team. Because I still maintain that on a really good team, and the Bulls aren't a really good team yet. They are not. But if Zach Levine, say, on the Lakers, or if he's on Milwaukee, or if he's on some other upper echelon team in the league, he might be the second, at best, the third or fourth option uh, at worst. Meaning that, yes, at any time he scored 33 points on a good team, he wouldn't have to score 33. But we know that he can because we see him in the Bulls uniform. Uh, I want to hear from Zach Levine because there's a focus from him. I know he's been getting a lot of love from other players around the league because they see these numbers like we see these numbers, and they're like, damn, look how many points he's scoring. But what I want to be is like is, damn, look at all these points, and damn, look at all these wins for the Bulls <laughs> at the same time, you know? like It's one thing to be looking at these numbers every night and just like, wow, look at how he's shooting, and wow, look at what he's doing. But if it doesn't equate to wins, that means you're in the same spot if you are Chicago. So let's hear from Zach Levine after the Bulls went against Houston, and then we'll look ahead to their matchup against Charlotte. Where you at right now mentally? Have you ever felt like this at any other point in your career? Oh, uh, it's a good question. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty locked in right now, and I'm I'm really focused. Um, and I'm having fun with the game. Obviously, I think there's a couple, you know, a couple of the games. I think we we literally should have won, and but that's basketball. That's why you play them. So, um, you know, I'm pretty locked in. But I'm I'm I I feel like I'm locked in. I have been last you know last two three years. Darnell, you're up. Yeah, thanks, Kristen. Zach, Denzel was just in there talking about your evolution, uh, doing little things, talking to guys more, um, watching more film, just your eagerness to win this year. Uh, guys on opposing teams are, are tweeting about you. Chris Paul during that Thunder game. Uh, P.J. Tucker talked about you this morning. What would you say about your evolution this season and how you, you came into this year different than maybe last year and what you tried to do? to take this next step? I just feel like each and every year you have to learn something. You know, in my situation is different than, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, obviously, you have to play the cards you were dealt. But, you know, learning each year what I what I did good and what I still need to improve on and what, you know, what was missing to help me help my team win. And obviously, everybody wants to be the leader, but you're not just, you know, gifted with that. So you have to learn it. Um, and I feel like I've taken a step in the right direction and trying to, you know, be more unselfish, be more, you know, open with talking with teammates, watching film and things like that. And I feel like it's it's uh, it's, it's going well and it's going to continue to get better the better I get at it. There's a quick follow-up. Uh, that last pass that you made to Laurie, uh, there was, seemed like there was no hesitation when you made it. Um, can you just tell me a little bit about what your thought process was in that in that moment and that possession? I just I just read the play, you know, Kobe, Kobe drives, uh, you know, made a good drive and kicked it out to me. Jay Shante was pretty much like face guarding, you know, um, Kobe threw it out pretty deep pass. But um, Lowry's man stunted at me um, and he was wide open. So, you know, it wasn't and it was no hesitation for me. I was doing uh, I just feel like I read the play. Some thoughts there from Zach Levine. He's locked in. 
Let's just see how he's able to mesh with this team. Of course, the Bulls have to be blessed with good health. Uh, Sadoransky, as well as Hutchinson, is coming back. They are supposed to return from COVID-19 protocol. They should return against Charlotte on uh, tonight, on Friday. They'll take on the Lakers on Saturday with this Bulls team, and then Boston on Monday. So uh, we're going to see how all this works out. Lakers coming off their game against Milwaukee as they played at serve Forum, Lakers look really good. It would not surprise me if Anthony Davis gets a ton of MVP votes along with LeBron James. They just look like um, a well-oiled machine and a better roster uh, this year than last year. And they won the championship last year, as we all know. But I just think that Anthony Davis and his health, LeBron James... Uh, he's just clowning out there. He's doing some things on the floor that we haven't seen in a few years. They just got off the floor with the Miami Heat to win the championship, and the season restarts in Christmas, and they're right back out there again. So an impressive victory for the Lakers against Milwaukee uh, on Thursday night. Uh, by the way, let's talk about the Bulls' next opponent, Charlotte. So besides watching the Bulls, you should watch the Hornets very closely because there was a nice piece in the ringer about the rise of LaMelo Ball is fueling and changing the Hornets. I said at the time, just based on the limited YouTube film that I saw on LaMelo Ball, because he didn't play in college, as you know, and he played uh, European basketball, cherry-picking, did not seem like he was like the complete player yet. I said, from the limited time that I saw him play, he kind of looks like a new-age Jason Williams. If you remember White Chocolate with Sacramento, he was quite the player, the the yo-yo, uh, you know, yo-yo dribble and did some basketball tricks as a point guard for Sacramento back in the day. Well, let me just give you a little bit of uh, input about what um, LaMelo Ball has done for Charlotte. Um, Terry Rozier says, I feel like every game with his passing, whatever he does, it's like a movie. He's always going to have someone off their feet. The Hornets aren't playing at lightning speed. But they're currently 19th in the NBA in pace, but they are top five in fast break points and lead the league in assist and assist percentage by a wide margin. So watch the way the Hornets share the basketball Friday night against the Bulls. Jay Triano is a former NBA coach with Toronto off the top of my head, I believe, or Atlanta. I'm aging before your very ears. Uh, Triano is now an assistant with Charlotte says that uh, he wants the team to play even faster. And LaMelo is the guy to help him do that. As a team, the Hornets are making, listen to this now, the Hornets are making 314.7 passes a game, second to the Sixers. So the Hornets pass the hell the ball and share the basketball, which is a coach's dream, right? And it makes everybody else better. The Hornets are making 314.7 passes per game, second to the Sixers. Doc's Sixers pass the ball more than the Hornets. LaMelo is playing only 25 minutes a game, but his pass per minute output is around two, which is topped by only players like Sabonis and the Joker and Ben Simmons and Draymond. LaMelo's rate is even better than Luka Doncic, James Harden, and his brother Lonzo Ball. So when we talk about, you know, young players in this league, I wasn't expecting a lot from LaMelo Ball, but everything I read in that piece from the ringer.com talks about how he's high off of life and he just loves playing basketball and there's a smile on his face. He is a real 
uh, injection of life for Gordon Hayward and, and the rest of that Charlotte Hornets team. Let's watch that very closely on Friday night to see them pass the ball and see what the Bulls can do about it defensively. Uh, speaking of young players, we talked about Zach Levine, a young player, even though he's a veteran. LaMelo Ball, a young player. What about Colin Sexton from Cleveland? This dude scored a career-high 42 points. The Probably the game of the week so far is Cleveland against the Nets. So the Cavs and Con Sexton, young bull they call him, right? Not Chicago bull, but young bull. Scored a career-high 42 points in a double overtime victory against the Nets. Kyrie Irving returned in that contest. But what was so great about this is that Con Sexton, Young player in the league, the third-year guard is averaging 27 points a game, 53% shooting, including 50% from three. His dominant scoring has helped the Cavs tied for sixth in the East. Uh, but the point is, though, is that it's not about the one-loss record for the Cavs. It's about the development of this young player, young bull, Colin Sexton. With 1.6 to go, and Colin Sexton won that battle defense against Josh Hart. Look at how intense this man's face is. Look at his eyes. But he's in attack mode. He's really in attack mode. John Wall, though Beal is set to roar past Wall. Whoa! And all the Sexton hammers it. Sexton inside! A thunderous start to get the Cavaliers a six-point lead! Particular battles. Sexton cruising. Whoa! Jack Knights inside beautifully without committing an offensive foul. My goodness. Inside section. Too quick for him inside. Up and under. Behind the back. Oh, like he fed it. Threw Bam out of left hand right down Euclid. Young Bull with composure and speed to burn. 118, 118. Sexton doing a good job of getting up in the air. Sexton knocked down Richardson with a move. Because they wouldn't let the roll guy roll. Sexton doing a good bit of everything in front of him, understanding where everybody is on the court. That is a point guard. Back it up. Look at that. Separations. They need to continue to attack. Sexton. in that pit. Has to speak up. Sexton creates space. Ooh, young bull. He is one to watch. He's still raw and green. He's still got to learn how to play the full game. But what he did against the Nets, that was a coming out party for him. By the way, that side note, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Bucks fear the deer, huh? Fear the deer losing to the Lakers uh, at the crib for Milwaukee. So here's how it looks. Uh, Giannis had 25 points on 11 rebounds. Drew Holiday had 22 points and 5 rebounds. Chris Milton had 17 and 5. Brooke Lopez and DiVincenzo, they also are in double digits, but not much off the bench. The thing that is troublesome to me about the Bucks is that, yes, I believe in Giannis. Who doesn't? If you're a basketball guy, you know Giannis can play, right? My concern when the Bucks made this deal, they made the deal to make sure that Giannis would be happy and that he would stay for uh, longer so he wouldn't have to go into free agency. But man, like Drew Holiday is a nice player. And Middleton's a nice Batman to Giannis's Robin, but you need more. I just think the bench is a little thin. When you take a look at Bobby Portis and you know, look at Pat Connaughton and DJ Augustine. They they need to be able to have more. 
Now, yes, the Bucks, all five stars was the double figures, but when you start taking on the upper echelon, say Milwaukee can get through the East, which I'm not even sure that they can. I want you to think about taking on a Lakers team that's just layered. It's not. It's one thing to beat LeBron James, but uh, Anthony Davis also is a strong, real threat. Drew Holiday, this is his first opportunity, really, to be in this role as not just uh, an extra on a team. Drew Holiday has to be able to step in and provide a lot of depth offensively for this Bucks team. So the Bucks are a good team. Will they become a great team? Will they be a championship team? I still think the Bucks need a little bit more shooting. And again, the deadline will tell a greater story than what I'm telling you right now here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. But, you know, if you are a Bulls fan listening or a team or a fan that roots for a team in the East, you're like, well, you know, we just got to climb up to the top and beat Milwaukee. Well, you know, that's true. But Miami's good and Philadelphia's good and Brooklyn is going to be special. We're going to talk about Brooklyn in just a moment, but... You know, it's not a fait accompli that the Bucks are the number one team in the East and and they're going to go to the championship or win the championship. I feel like the Bucks need just a little bit more whether it's veteran shooting off the bench or something. You just want to solidify yourself with as many assets as possible if you are a Bucks fan to think, okay, we're good, but can we be stellar, especially against the top teams in the East? And if you get to the finals against LeBron James and the Lakers or the Clippers or Denver, whoever comes out of the West this upcoming season. Now, speaking of the Nets, oh, God, I know every podcast I got to talk about the Nets, but the Nets are interesting. It's interesting because of the combination of Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant and James Harden on the team. Now James Harden is there. And even though it was a wild game for Kyrie's return after his sabbatical uh, against the Cleveland Cavaliers and lose that game, as I always say, as I always say, just because you put together a big three doesn't mean that's always going to work, right? And so just because you have a big three does not necessarily mean that for sure that you're going to be able to um, have a team that can win a championship. Now, here, here's what I like. I like that at least... Brooklyn tried, right? They're trying to put something together. Uh, Brooklyn's done this before, as you remember, with Paul Pierce and KG. They tried to put the band back together. Didn't work out well for Prokhorov when he was the owner for the, the Brooklyn Nets. But, man, at least you got to try. If all these assets want to come together and they want to play together, that's cool. But, man, is there just going to be an interesting watch on the on my NBA package down here in the hood cave where I'm broadcasting from? They're going to be interesting every night because you want to see either you're going to root for them or you're going to root for them to fail. <laughs> but you can't take your eyes off it because you you just want to know like who's taking the last shot. It should be Kevin Durant, and just to see how Kyrie Irving is going to like being the third option offensively. Kyrie Irving, we talk about him every podcast, but it's just intriguing to see how this is all going to work. And if you're a Bulls fan, you're thinking, man, how can the Bulls be able to have their version of the big two or big three? Well, it's a young team, uh, like some of the teams under the cut line, you know, like Atlanta, um, just like uh, Memphis. You know, it's they're, the Bulls are interesting, but wait until the Bulls are able to have a couple of really big dogs in there where it's like the Bulls will be a tough out in the playoffs. Hopefully the Bulls will get to uh, that again 
because we haven't seen that in a while, right, where the Bulls had sustained success in the playoffs. I look forward to that myself. Okay, how about Steve Nash? That's the other thing that's interesting about the Nets. Steve Nash has never coached before. I don't know if he asked for any of this. He asked to be the coach, but he didn't know, like, oh, my God, my first time coaching, and I got to coach three egos. Kevin Durant with his uh, shadow account on Instagram or Twitter, the you know, and then you've got James Harden who goes AWOL, goes kicking it at the strip clubs, and comes back, and it's like, wait a minute, what happened to your hair? What's going on with you? He wants out of Houston. He comes to Brooklyn, and there's Kyrie that just goes AWOL. He just ghosted the Nets, and he comes back. He's like, okay, I'm ready to play. Steve Nash didn't ask for any of this, so, but he was on Sirius XM NBA radio uh, talking about how he just wants everybody on the team to be very connected. I think those answers are still to come. I don't want to sit here and say, you know, I have the perfect vision for how this goes, because I think you can't, especially in the modern NBA, you have to incorporate the players' feelings and opinions, uh, where they feel comfortable on the floor, how they can interact uh, you know, to the best level. So some of it is to be determined, but I do think we have two, two point guards. We have, you know, uh, we have a style that where they can, they can both initiate, they can both, uh, you know, dictate. Uh, we also have a style where, you know, the ball just moves and five guys are playing offense positionless basketball. So, you know, hopefully we get down the road on both of those visions. But one thing that we want to avoid and prevent is that disconnected type of offense where it's your turn, my turn. And, just trying to address how we can prevent that and move towards you know, being more of a seamless five guys working together. Everyone's a threat. Um, you know, if, if one of them brings the ball up, the other one, it, the defense feels on the weak side or, or strong side, wherever they may be, and that it's not like, oh, great, this is his turn to sit in the corner. It's like there's a, there's a potential for the ball to come around the other side and then he can have a second side pick and roll or a pin down or he can even back out or pick for a teammate. So that just so that it's kind of more pure basketball and staying away from that, hey, you're talented enough to handle this possession. I'll get the next one and playing. Um, you know, in a, in a more disconnected and talent-driven way, we want to be very connected. We want to use all five guys on the floor as a threat and, and get everyone to their best level of efficiency collectively. You may say this is lucky or late in the... No, this is what you want as a guard. You want somebody taller and slower on you so you can shoot without a hand in your face. Yeah, his hand is up, but it's not in his face. That is Chris Webber talking about the Los Angeles Lakers and their victory against Milwaukee on Thursday night. Don't forget the Bulls will take on the Lakers on Saturday. And so here's what I mean about the Lakers and their depth. So um, I'm watching, I watch the game and it is to me a better roster than what LeBron James had uh, last year. Uh, listen, I, I, the Lakers were a good team. I don't want to take anything away from them, but I mean, could they repeat Here's the roster. So LeBron James had 34 points. You just heard two, three points there as Brooke Lopez tried to put a hand up on LeBron. It didn't work out too well. But uh, LeBron James had 34 points, eight assists, six rebounds. Uh, KCP was a starter on this team, 23 points and three rebounds. Uh, Anthony Davis had 18 points and six. Schroeder's better on this team. He didn't score a lot, but Schroeder, remember when he's with Atlanta, he was a catalyst and just a fire plug for Atlanta. He fits right into what the Lakers system is doing. Marcus Saul, as you remember, a part of that 
Grindhouse team from Memphis. He's a starter on this team. Montrez Harrell is tough as nails, especially on the glass. He had five rebounds in this contest against Milwaukee. Wesley Matthews is a good shooter. Kyle Kuzma is very good at a small forward. Alex Caruso, I could be happy to say that I actually called a uh, Alex Caruso game when he's with the South Bay Lakers with the G League when uh, I was doing Winnie City Bulls basketball. Uh, Alex Caruso, hard-nosed guy that deserves his opportunity to be in the NBA, has earned the right to stay on this level, um, and Markeith Morris. And so I just think it's a better roster, more well-rounded roster uh, for the Lakers. This is what the Bulls have to face. It's one thing to face the GOAT, you know, LeBron James, Okay, I guess this era's this era's goat, right? Um, not not the goat. That's Michael Jordan, but this era's uh, greatest of all time, LeBron James, uh, Anthony Davis, Chicago Zone, and more coming up on Saturday. Uh, that's going to be very interesting. Um, so. I, I am looking forward to seeing this Bulls team's development because across the league, there's some excitement, and I want the Bulls to be part of that excitement as well. Oh, by the way, on Sirius XM, NBA radio, I'll be with Reggie Theus, former Bull Reggie Theus. We will host a show 9 to 11 p.m., and it will replay throughout the night into the early morning. So if you don't catch it live on Saturday and you're busy, that's cool. If you listen to Sirius 207 or XM86 or this, if you have the Sirius XM app, I'll be on Saturday night, and uh, we'll be discussing a lot of storylines around the NBA, including this Lakers and Bulls game as well. So I hope that you can join me and the former Bull Reggie Theus uh, at that time, Saturday night, 9 to 11. And if not, it's over. it runs overnight. It repeats overnight into the early morning, 6, 7 o'clock. I think 8 o'clock in the morning, it'll still be on rerunning itself. Uh, so if you happen to catch me at 9 p.m. and then you catch me again at 2 a.m., it's not you're not going crazy. It's just repeating <laughs> the show that we're going to do. Me and Reggie Theus working for the first time. I'm looking forward to that on Saturday night on NBA Radio on Sirius XM. Finds the seam and scores. Diggins inside. Off the glass, no rebound, Brahma. Tracy inside it goes to Sumnik for the dunk. Uh, and the balance of going back-to-back in these contests, big dunk for Brahma. Spins in the lane. Howard for three. Swish! Howard knocks down the three. The bailout three, and it's... Kirk looks for the opening, and he finds Howard for the slam. High elevation for Big Rob Howard, and the Flames up 55-51. Started here with a win tonight, trying Res- to get to 7-4. and four. Resolving grit was a big theme last night in the postgame presser from Luke Yaklich. Looking for it again tonight. Williams inside the spear for the dunk. Foul down the stretch with time running down. Now the Flames are in overtime, trying to battle and win this one. Howard with a sweeping right-handed hook, and it's a beauty, and it's 58-56 UIC. For a sweeping hook. Tracy inside, blocked at the rim as Bramo's trying to get there, and here come the Flames. Flames up two here in overtime. Kirk down the lane. Uh, Hale will swing it to Commander. Inside Howard. 
Howard spins, turns, and the hook is a beauty. Rob Howard with the basket, 60-56 UIC. <laughs> of course I had to flex. Yes, was that me? Yes, it was me. And Chris Fleck doing UIC Flames basketball. The Flames playing well. They swept out Robert Moore's head back-to-back games. Sort of a little college basketball flavor for you on the podcast. You got to check us out on ESPN+. Plus, man, we're having a fun time doing those games. All the home games for UIC. Uh, Black and I at courtside, uh, socially distanced with masks on. I guess those... Uh, not necessarily the true mask, but it's like the welding mask where it's clear. Yeah, so we were wearing those, and we're having a ball doing UIC Flames basketball. Yeah, Luke Yaklich, the longtime assistant with Texas and uh, Michigan. Yeah, he's uh, the new coach for the UIC Flames. They're playing well, and they played Robert Morris uh, this past weekend, and we were there courtside to call it. So you got to check us out. I always have fun doing games with uh, Chris Bleck from our staff at ESPN 1000. All right. Appreciate your support as always. Tell people, John of the Hood's Talking Basketball, the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast is special for the Captain J Hood Podcast listener. And also, it is on Spotify. So look for it on Spotify, Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. If you're looking for more Bulls content, you know, Cap and I have talked about trying to have more basketball content. We will moving forward. Um, but we also want to be able to leave you with a little bit more than you normally get. If you're a basketball fan, if you're a basketball junkie, Bulls fan, or college basketball fan, that's why we do this for you. Brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. And again, we get busy and we get bogged down on some craziness like my partner now is turning into a White Sox fan. He's a season ticket holder for the White Sox. And we're talking about a lot of stuff about our personal lives and we don't get to enough basketball content. Well, that's why we have this, the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. All right, if we don't talk on Saturday night when I'm working with Reggie Theus, as a matter of fact, you know what? I might drop that conversation and that show with Reggie Theus on this podcast as well. We'll see how that works out. I may do that just to say, hey, more basketball content. I might just give you a little sample of what me and Reggie Theus were talking about on SiriusXM. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, As always, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. We'll do it next week, another edition of the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook.